Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. Hold on to your pants, it's time for a special episode. Hey, this is Mike with the One Stop Co-op Shop, just getting a quick lead into this episode, because we are lucky to have friend of the show, Jason Perez, on. He started a new YouTube channel called Shelf Stories, and we're going to be sometimes collaborating with that channel through the podcast. So here we have one of his video recordings as a bonus podcast episode. And coming soon, so get excited about this, we're going to have Jason, Liz Davidson, me, and Kevin Erskine for the BGG Top 100 Solo Games list. And also Jason and I interviewing the Sadler Brothers about Dire Alliance coming to Kickstarter soon. If you'd like to watch the video version of this, click the link in the podcast description for Jason's channel. Alright, that's enough for me, let's get to the show. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome back to Shelf Stories, the channel that tells tales from games, books, and life. I am your host, Jason. Thank you so much for stopping by with this chat with a designer. I've been following this man on Twitter for a while now, ever since his first Kickstarter launched. The the word got out there about Rap Gods uh, from Board Game Brothers is the company, and this is one of the designers that is attached to it, one of the lead designers. Um, I never got to a, a chance to pre- ask you a pronunciation for your last name, but I'll just do it live right now because I don't care. Go it's for it. Omari <laughs> Akil. Yes, yes. Oh, uh, yes, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Omari um, Akil. Fun fact. Yeah, there you go. I don't reveal this all the time, but that's actually my middle name. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use my first and my middle name for all practical purposes online and everything. Um, so there's a few people out there who know my actual last name, but mm. I'll keep that a secret for now. That's it. He don't want the throngs uh, looking at you. <laughs> if they miss a piece from their game, you know, they don't want to contact you or nothing. <laughs> little, little, little secret identity situation there. Just a little nice. Bit. All right. So Omari Akil, as I said before, is a game designer. He does represent Board Game Brothers. Um, he has a Kickstarter that is launching very, very soon as we post this interview. Uh, the Kickstarter is for Hoop Gods, separate game, uh, not the same game, but uh, kind of a motif that is growing uh, and with the Board Game Brothers um uh, outfit so i definitely wanted to bring this man live in front of you we got the video going i'm working on putting this as a podcast as well uh so introduce yourself uh introduce the why board game brothers uh what the company is trying to do and what these games uh these two kind of like for initial launches uh how that kind of moves your company forward yeah so i mean we started board game brothers out of this idea that you know um we, I mean, we first had the idea for Rap Gods and I was like, hey, we're making a hip hop game. If if we're doing that. Um, so many hip hop games, they're all over the place. <laughs> Just the, our cup runneth over with hip hop games. <laughs> right? Like, whoa, overflowing. Yeah, it was such a hard decision to step into that, um, you know, very challenging marketplace. Uh, but we made that choice and and it, we were figuring out, you know, what is what, what does that mean? What does that mean for the industry? What does that mean for us? Um, is this something we want to do forever? Is this just a one-time thing that we just want to like experiment and see, see what goes? Um, but we started talking about game design in general and what that look, what that could look like long-term. Um, and it was like, oh man, I can come up with a whole bunch of other concepts, ideas like related to hip hop culture, related to black culture. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's so many different things we could do with this. And at you're least. from you're from New Orleans, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're both from New Orleans. Uh, I'm, I'm living in Durham, North Carolina right now. Okay. Uh, my brother's still down in New Orleans, Hamu, who uh, also, yeah, creates is and does most of the art for the games. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we were both just thinking this this could go somewhere. So let's at least set ourselves up to be able to continue. And that was the idea behind Board Game Brothers. And um, we initially were like, we were, we want, we initially thought we would stick to kind of hip hop for the first few games. Uh, we would just explore different areas, different parts of hip hop. Um, and, but then very quickly we, we got lashed on to this street ball idea mm. and it was like, Oh, this, this seems fun. <laughs> um, we were already working on a graffiti game before that. And that, went well um that game the original game it was called graffiti nights we were working on that um it actually uh got redesigned a little bit rethemed and uh signed to another publisher so Ooh, okay. um that's something potentially uh people can look forward to next year um hopefully we'll be able to talk about it uh at the end of this year maybe we'll see i don't know yet um but so we let that graffiti game go um there were a few ideas we were tossing around, but really the the streetball game just stuck. And that was the one we were having the most fun with. Uh, it had a bunch of dice. The first version had like 20, 30 dice in it. Um, we were super excited about that because we both just love rolling dice. <laughs> and uh, you yeah, it was... Mm-hmm. So you're talking about Hoop Gods with a Z, yeah. in case you're looking for it on BGG. Uh, yeah. And um, tell us, give us the 20,000 feet uh, of what Hoop Gods is. And I have a lot of questions because I'm a streetball person myself. <laughs> I grew up on that stuff. No, <laughs> so I, I, I want to know how you translate my experience and your experience into a board game. But give us the 20,000 feet first. Yeah, the the goal when we were thinking about Hoop Gods and where we really wanted to get with that design was to create those ex- those moments in basketball that make you feel powerful, that make you feel like you, yeah, excited. Like that's what we were trying to create um, because that's what gets us hyped when we're playing ball. Like, you know, when when you actually do a crossover and make your boy fall and, <laughs> and like you feel that, right? Like that's the moment you feel good. Uh, Ooh, or when you, yeah, you, do you shoot a jumper and like dudes right in your face and it just like splash, nothing but net. Like those mm. moments or will feel good when you're playing a game. And so we tried to do that with um, with Hoop Gods. And really, um, we wanted the board to also, we wanted the game to also feel a little bit strategic. So that's really what it does. So we combined um, the part of the game where you're moving your players around the court and the part of the game where you're managing your energy. It's called juice. And so everything you do on the court requires juice. And so those are like the strategic elements. You have to make sure what you want to do, you can do, and you have the juice to do it, but also want to know you have to conserve it for your opponent's turn because you need to counter them sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so that's the battle that you're kind of on the strategic end, trying to make sure you're managing well. And then there's the exciting part. So every time somebody does an action, um, it could be a shot or uh, a crossover or somebody trying to steal, uh, your opponent has a chance to counter. And if they do counter, then you have a real-time dice battle 
and you're rolling dice as fast as you can try to match the symbols on whatever card that you play and absolutely that's the moment it's like you're rolling the dice and you're like oh got it bam I made the shot or I, I made the steal. Mm. Um, and, and that's the moment where you kind of get hyped and then you continue on with the game. Um, and, okay. and that's, that's how it goes. Yeah. So um, just, uh, it's, is it a team versus team game? Is it a one V one, you know, is it free for all? Like how, how, what's the player count? Yeah. So this, it's a two player head to head game. Um, so that's just that's a two kinda, player only. Mm-hmm, a two player okay. only right now. Right now. Um, right now. But, what, yeah, what other have are you looking at? We have a few other little variants that we're thinking about. Um, we we are working on sort of a, and it doesn't actually change the gameplay at all. Uh, at least the the sort of family mode, where basically you can have more than two people, and you just take turns, kind of controlling the team. Um, okay. And we want to outline that for people who do want to incorporate more people into the gameplay. Um, and that doesn't change the rules at all. We just want to make sure we describe it in a way that makes sense um, and and doesn't cause any additional confusion. So there's that. Um, and then there's solo mode, which I'm starting trying to create. Mm. Um, it's It's been my first attempt at creating a solo mode. Mm. Uh, so actually, I'm kind of revealing this uh one of our stretch goals is actually going to be uh to to really produce that solo mode um and to amp that up and and get that into the game Mm -hmm. because personally if it's not good i'm not going to put it in um and so what we want to do with that stretch goal actually is hire somebody who has more experience with solo modes um and get them to help us get that to where it needs to be so it's good enough to be in the game you are absolutely um, in the right place we are co-op and solo up in here we got lots <laughs> of connections this will go up in the one-stop co-op shop uh one-stop solo co-op and all that kind of stuff we got a team versus team and you're in the right place plus theme oh man i can't wait <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah, we're, we're excited about that possibility i know and i just i i i, I want somebody who can come in and really make the solo mode shine if if we can make it happen so like uh um, like so. kind of playing 2k so like you're there and you're playing against like mm-hmm. a, a somebody or like like what what's the solo mode like i know i know we're drilling down on something that's not might even happen but just to give a sense but because i imagine yeah. like you know i see a lot of kids play 2k just on their own like you know doing stuff mm-hmm. it's like kind of automating that and go and having a that's that kind of like situation yeah it, it's really it's really automating the 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 opponent's movement on the court um and there's a few different levels to that 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 make it a little bit difficult one you have three players um and they all have special abilities so like really having a system that where those players are getting optimized and used properly is a little bit tricky okay. um and then on the and then what we want to do is sort of emulate a human player in some ways. Um, And I think the way that I'm intending to do that um, is by sort of um, having having a a randomizer determine whether or not they're going to play aggressively or play conservatively. Because that's Mm -hmm. really the choice that you often have to make as a human player is whether you're going to go all out to try to make the stop or make the shot, or whether you're going to be a little more conservative. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be that balance of, of trying to, yeah, create a system that automates the player movement and also automates their sort of style of play. Um, okay. And so, yeah, that's the that's the balance and that's the tricky part. And it is 
a little challenging, um, especially with my first time designing a solo mode. Sure. Well, well let's, let's, let's step back from that. I got very excited about that because I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> me, it, yeah. I'm a backer anyway, but it makes me even my mouth even more water. Um, so I want to get, let's, we, we were talking on email and I want to just kind of like start here in terms of the actual mechanism of the base game, the thing that is ready and good to go and what you're backing for. So I asked you if you were an NBA head and you're like, nah, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I know it makes it makes some people feel weird. <laughs> well, the reason I asked was because I, I, there's a lot of sports games, sports board games out there that I think are made by people who are fans of the what they see. You know, like the an NFL game based on NFL. Want to be like John Elway, whatever, uh, or you know these different sports. But you come at it from a much different perspective, and I think it has the chance because of your perspective to kind of like get under the hood a little bit and like really bring out the game of it. So maybe you could talk a little yeah. bit, share a little bit about uh, what your perspective on streetball and how that translates into the game. Yeah. I mean, the, the entire, so like NBA, NFL, like I love, so this is the weird part. It's always hard for me to describe to people, but I love sports and when I say that, and then somebody's like, oh, have you seen this game or did you watch? I'm like, no, I don't I don't follow teams. I don't follow the leagues. I don't know any of the players, or I do know some of them, um, but I don't know a lot of them. I couldn't tell you stats about any of that stuff. But what I like is the games themselves. Like, I love the way football is structured. To me, like, I see this chess match of formations and plays and picking plays. And, like, that's the part that I love. Like, I'm watching that when I'm watching a football game. I'm trying to – I'm getting to into the head of the coaches and the co- offensive, defensive coordinator, trying to figure out why they're making the choices they're making. And the same thing applies for basketball. Like, I like watching the players make decisions on the court about when to pass, when to shoot, Um, you know, what, whether or not they're playing zone D or man to man, like I'm paying attention to that stuff because that's what I find interesting about the games themselves. And, and street ball is, is fun. And I think we, we wanted to do a street ball game because really it gets to the core of just the game. It, there's, there's the rules, the fanfare, like all of that is not there. It's just about the game of There's basketball. no three-second violation. There's no... <laughs> none of that. 24-second or whatever it is. None of that. Just core, can you, can you beat your man and throw the ball in the hoop? That's it. Yep. <laughs> the, the nuts and bolts of what basketball is. And, and I, I, I just love that about it. So that's, mm-hmm. that's how we got there. And the funny part, I, I really smiled when you sent me that email because, like, if you ever play sports, and I'm like, I'm not an athlete at all, but I played a lot when I was in, you know, younger. And what you describe about like liking the game and the formations and the mechanisms and the the, the kind of like just it's almost like you reduce it down to like the matrix level. Like you see that you just kind of see the zeros kind and ones, sorted, right? Yeah. Like that's what athletes see. Like when you are truly yeah. locked in. And, you know, like if you, because I've had situations when I, again, when I was young <laughs> of playing streetball and being there all day. And it's like you're there until you get knocked off the court. So if you got, if the people don't know, like the way streetball works is that you play, you, you form your team, whoever you want to get, you go in there, maybe it's three on three or something like that, and you beat the other team, and another team steps up, and another team has to beat you. They they got they got to they got to yeah. chase you off the court. You're not. There's no fairness over here. <laughs> they got to beat got next? you. Who got next? And like Who got next? you get some. If you play a bunch of games, you get so in a zone. 
that you don't even see mm. like, oh, that's my boy or that's this person. You just see like, okay, jump shot. You know, uh, he's, he's yeah, good from the yeah. right side. Uh, this one uh, can't dribble left. You know, that's all you see. And it just, it, it boils down to such, it really just gamifies the situation. And so I'm eager to hear like how you took that mentality and baked it into the actual game experience. So like you have like a, I think a hex grid. Yep. It's a hex grid movement for and everything. the board. So, like, yeah. For the court. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's what? three on Where? three. You got, uh, it's three on three, like half court or full court. Yeah. It's three on three. So it's full court. Okay. Um, there's the board for our podcast listeners he's holding up the board right now it's a yeah, full yeah, court yeah. Okay. um full court and it's three on three um so yeah we we played around with some like different size courts uh we wanted to we we shrank the court and i say shrank we didn't really shrink it um but we wanted to make the the hexes the right size so that you could move up and down the court pretty quickly Um, because that's, it's, it's a pacing thing, right? Like we want you to be able to do what you need to do fairly quickly. Um, and so, yeah, we had to make that the right size. Um, and then really the only limiting factor after that is the juice. So the, that energy system is the only thing that stops you from doing anything. If you want to move five spaces in one turn, do you have the juice? Mm -hmm. If you have the juice, you can do it. Um, and so we had to really, really, really tighten that system so that it wouldn't allow either player to be able to do too much mm-hmm. or, or too little on their turn, really trying to, to make that kind of create the interesting moments on the court. And a lot of times that's exactly what it is because you can, um, we, we have what's called a boost. Uh, so you can use juice to boost any of your actions that you take. And so that's usually a, a really important decision point because boosting uh, increases the number of dice that you have. So I'm going up for a shot. I have three dice. You're going up for a block. You have three dice, mm. but you're down by two points and you don't want them to score again. It's like, okay, I have extra juice. I'm going to spend three more juice. I'm going to get mm-hmm. six dice. I'm going to make sure that I can block this by getting more dice. And so you're constantly making those decisions. And that's the part to me that feels like what it feels like to be on the court. Cause those decisions you're making, okay, do I jump for this or am yes. I getting pump faked? Yes. Do I run at him full speed mm-hmm. or do I hold up a little bit thinking he's going to come, mm-hmm. you know, go to the paint. Do and I let him drive? go? Do I let him score? So I get the rebound and then take it back out. And, and exactly. You know, do and, I have confidence he's going to make that shot. Right. Or he's shooting his right. three pointer from way out here. I'm not even going to try and block it. Cause I think he's going to miss. Like right. th- those are all the decisions that you're having. His, his sneakers are on fire. And, he's going to make that shot. So I better go out and block it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And we have player abilities like that too, where some players are just better at shooting. Some players are better at defense. And so you're constantly just having to kind of check, okay, that person is wide open in the corner. I'm going to make sure I get players in the way so they can't pass it. Like, all of those things are decisions that you're having to, to make and, and things that you're having to watch and pay attention to. And so is it like turn-based where like I go, then you go, then I go, then you go. And then there's this like this dice battle at the point of contact. Is that how, is that how it works? Basically, yeah. So you take turns back and forth. So we have a, a, a active player marker. It's a whistle. Um, so if you see the whistle anywhere, that kind of indicates that you need to be the active player to do that 
action. And so you pass that back and forth, but we have a reaction mechanism because sports is tricky, right? Because right. both players are always moving at the same time. Uh, and so we have a reaction mechanism. So anytime a player plays a card, then you kind of get, a, you get to take a turn inside of their turn to react to whatever they're doing. Does that um, cost so juice, I imagine? Yeah, everything always costs right. you. So you're, you're constantly yeah, having to spend <laughs> it. Um, but it's like a mini turn that you take after, at the end of their turn once they play a card. And it really, that's the part that simulates that, that, that sort of simultaneous action that you see in real sports. So that reaction is what we use to simulate that, to, to make sure that one player can't just do something without anything happening on the other side. Wow, that sounds fascinating. Um, cool. So, scoring, right? Like that's the, that's that's the that's the jam. I mean, that's the yeah. Jam. There's no point. There's no point if you're not scoring. <laughs> so, scoring is like it's basically like this that dice rolling. You said it was real time. So, like you know, people like you know, you're rolling, I'm rolling. Or if I'm uncontested, like does that do I just get the point, or do I have to like roll? Like how does that how does that play out? Uh, it's different for shooting and dunking. So that's okay. that's the two scoring cards, basically. Um, so if you're shooting and you're uncontested, there's still a chance you can miss the shot. Uh, there's there's a final shot roll that you have to roll at the end of your attempt. So the way we describe it in the rule book is like you take a shot and you if you're successful in the real-time dice battle, that just means you got the shot off and the ball is in the air. Whether or not it goes in is Got determined it. by a final shot roll. And you get okay. it's only you only get one chance. So and the number of dice you have matters for that too. Um and the difficulty of that shot is determined by which space you're on on the court. They have a difficulty level on each space. Mm -hmm. And so you have to roll the dice and hopefully at the end of that, that's how you make the shot. Uh, but dunking, if you go up for a dunk and your opponent does not contest it or doesn't have the juice, uh, then yeah, it just goes in. It's, yeah, okay. slam, moving on, two points. <laughs> There's some good dunk fails out there, though. <laughs> oh, no, definitely. And and we, we, we wish that, like, it was easy to make all the things right. in basketball happen. But, like, there's hard choices we had to make uh, for a lot of this stuff. We, had, we actually had sort of a layup mechanic. Mm. Um, but basically, that got rolled into the shot mechanic. You're just shooting from really, really close. Uh, right. And that ends up being sort of like a layup. Um, we had, uh, yeah, we had a, the first version of this game. It had so many different actions. I want to say it was, it was at least like 18 or so, I think 15 to 18 actions that we had. Um, and they were complex. They were very complex to execute. Um, but it really, ultimately all that stuff just slowed the game down and it, it won't feel like a real basketball game unless that pacing is right. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you get juice back? You rest. Um, and so you rest basically just by you take a turn and it's a short turn. So you just are you're not spending a lot of juice on your turn. And whenever you do that, you just recover some back. Uh, the fun part is it's a it's a it's a neat little system and I'll show it here. Your podcast won't see it. But um, this board, there's a there's boxes, there's red, yellow and available. So you're always spending out of available and 
as you spend too much, they go down and get locked into these other two boxes. Okay. And so what you have to do is rest and then you slide them over back into available. Um, so that's, that's that strategic part, right? Like you're constantly trying to be like, oh, I need to use juice, but I also want to rest because I need some back right. to prepare for the next thing that I want to do. It's mm-hmm. this, yeah, this constant struggle of like, do I have the juice? Do I want to use it now? <laughs> I was hoping that you would say if you execute a successful dunk on somebody's grill, then you get like maximum juice right back. <laughs> no, but like that was the thing that we felt also. So we did incorporate that a little bit. So the the red zone, when you get stuff locked in the red zone, the only way to get it back is to score. So we wanted you to have to score and mm-hmm. that to feel at least a little bit energizing. So mm-hmm. that's that pushes some stuff to you. Uh, that also, if you if you go into the red zone uh you also get goat cards which are like special abilities that kind of break the rules a little bit Mm. and and like you were saying before there are specialized players they all got special abilities how many how much variation are we in for here uh, so we have uh, nine, at least in the prototype version, um, but we are planning to um, release it with 12. And mm-hmm. so we have, we actually have uh, one that we just introduced, Smoke Space, Ki- Smoke Space Filler mm-hmm. uh, from Rap Gods is actually going to be a baller and Hoop Gods. Um, so that's one of them. Uh, we actually working with another artist um, and this might be saying too much, um, but they are, uh, developing some 3D models of our uh, ballers for us. And we let them design a, uh, a, a baller for the game too. Um, and so the last one is, is the tricky one. Um, I'm pretty sure this is happening. We've been talking about it a lot, but we haven't said it publicly yet. Um, but I'm pretty sure what we're going to do is we're going to have one backer tier that will allow somebody to fill that 12th player slot. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, because we, we had some ideas of who we might create and what we might put there. And it was like, you know what, we can do something really, really special for one person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's worth putting that out there. So nice. yeah, one backer tier. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> first come, first serve. <laughs> right. Uh, as you guys, I'm sorry, I'm talking to the audience right now. I'm, I'm this, I know I've, I've done a lot of these previews on my previous podcast and I'm getting into the real nitty gritty, but I'm so excited about a street ball game. Uh, it's, I mean, way more than like a train game. I've played a million of those. <laughs> I haven't played much street ball, which is something I grew up with as a kid. Um, so you went, thank you so much, Omari, for answering a lot of my kind of nitty gritty questions. Is there anything that you want to share about this project in particular uh, before we move on? Um, I mean, I just, I, I, I think, you know, we were, when we started Rap Gods, that was really my brother's brainchild. Um, and so I just, I get really excited about this one because this game feels like my game in a lot of ways because it, it, it really came out. I was like, from the beginning, I was like, I want basketball with dice. And my brother was like, I don't know how that works. I was like, I don't care. I'm figuring it out. Um, so, I mean, I'm just, I'm just that excited about it because, it, yeah, it feels like the game that I really wanted to create. So nice. super happy to just be finally putting it out there and getting this Kickstarter up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Kickstarter will be launching on Wednesday, people. 
<laughs> Wait, Wednesday, October 21st. <laughs> October 21st, people. Yes. I know Kickstarter Tuesday is a thing, but you tell Omari that there's a thing. He's going to do another thing. That's just the way it's going to be. I, I always do the other thing. It's strange. That's just me. <laughs> so we'll, we'll post this a couple of days before on whatever channels that I can uh, execute. Um, but I did, while I have you, I wanted to ask maybe a couple of broader questions. Yeah, um, yeah. So... So this is, I'm not really sure how to ask this question. So I might as well just kind of take the, the most direct way. So there's a line that a lot of minority creators have to make, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a you know, POC Puerto Rican over here. Um, it's like, I want to represent my culture and I want to represent where I'm coming from in a positive way, but I don't want to be the POC. So like, and yeah. you know, like, I don't want to be like, okay, this is the black game. Or, or, you know, so to speak, right? Like, so is that something that you think about? And if so, how do you approach that? Um, I think, I think about it a lot. I think about it all the time. <laughs> think about <laughs> okay. it. Yes. Do I think about it? Yes. Probably every day. Um, with, with, with every piece of, you know, new media we put out about the game, with every interview that I do, like I am thinking about it. Um, there, I think at some level, when we were really serious about starting the company and we were kind of looking at the landscape of things, I feel like on some level, we just decided, yeah, we're going to be the Black company that is making games. And we have to deal with that and deal with right. all of whatever that comes it. with it. And we're just going to lean into it. And we hope that we're we're doing it in a way that feels like it's like we're not trying to take over anybody's space because that's not even a thing i don't even know why anybody would think that but people feel threatened sometimes um that we're really just coming from a place of trying to put something out there that just wasn't there before and do it in a big way and do it in a way that feels like it is a part of the community. Um, and I know, so we're not the only ones doing this, obviously. Like there's a lot of right. black game creators. Um, and I think what sometimes happens is they they kind of, they build their own communities. They build their own followings. They build sort of their own gaming kind of uh, ethos. And, and it, it happens very much sort of outside of what we consider the the sort of hobby game community. Um, yeah, the company's behind like Black Card Revoked um, and there's Martin Trivia and there's um, a, there's one, oh, I'm not going to remember the name of it now, um, but it's like, oh, what's the scenario? It's like a hip hop sort of red flags kind of card or kind of card game. And there's so many of those games out there and like those people haven't been embraced by the hobby community. Those games look very similar to a lot of the games that exist in in sort of this community. Um, and, and I don't know why that happened exactly, but it was our intention to be deep in the hobby industry, part of the industry, um, and yeah, just be who we are and, and right. embrace that and go with it. Mm -hmm. and like, I think what stands out for me uh, in the, the content that you guys are putting out it's very local. Like you can say, you know, black or Latino or POC and everything. And those are very kind of abstract categories. 
and you know people kind of have yeah. uh, and I uh, you know they have their their kind of stereotypes and they have like kind of their general ideas but like I look at rap gods you know the cover for that the turntable right that is yeah. <laughs> very like you know if you don't know rap gods and you can get rap gods the reprint with hoop god you did make that announcement Yes, yes. So, you, um, you know, a, a more of a no real time, more Euro take on, you know, growing somebody's rap career. But with that turntable, with the R style, it's not just like black. It's like very, you know, like I mentioned, you were from New Orleans and you, and you got, you grew up with like 80s, you know, hip hop culture and like, you know, the DJs. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of yeah, times yeah. DJs more powerful, more popular than the, the actual acts itself. Um, <laughs> so then, you know, and I, I saw hoop gods, hoop gods is kind of the same thing. Like street ball is a very particular aspect of the, it, it, it's urban, right? It's not like just anybody is out there. Like it's a very urban phenomenon. Um, like my intro, you're my peoples. is not like that. That's like from me when I used to work in Brownsville, New York. Mm. Right, and yeah, I worked in the yeah. projects, and that's how uh, uh, another guy who came in he greeted the, the kids like that, and I absorbed that, and that's um, that was local and that was particular to me. So I'm wondering if that was intentional, like you know, localizing uh, and and bringing out um, your particular, you know, the way that you express black culture. If that's something that you you do consciously, um, I, I mean, I think we do it consciously in the sense that we we knew like in creating our games the best way for us to go about it is just to put as much of ourselves into it as possible so what you're seeing is really just a result of that like i'm i'm just we're both constantly just pulling from the things we know intimately right and and yeah, is, i think what word. you're describing yeah it's just going to come intimacy. out Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 the intimate connections that we have with hip hop. It's the intimate connections that we have with streetball. Um, that's what probably you're seeing. And and I mean, because our our focus for our company is also to just embrace the communities around the subjects that we're talking about like we took hip rap guys to a hip-hop festival and they weren't that interested in playing the game but they were happy to see that a game existed that embraced their culture right and we're going to try to do the same thing with with the hoop guys game is we're going to try and bring that and introduce that to people who are in the streetball world and may not necessarily want to play this game but they're going to know that hey this, this exists and it's something that represents what I do. Um, and, and maybe we do get some more gamers because of that, because we're branching out, because we're reaching out into these different communities. And, and, and I think that part, um, just our intention on doing that, I think it also kind of translates, like we're making the games understanding that they're gonna be presented to these communities who aren't necessarily gamers and we want them to see themselves and we want them to feel connection, even if they're not into mm-hmm. games. Uh, zooming back out, you mentioned something that tickled the back of my brain. Um, so like streetball goes hand in hand with sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> it always goes here. <laughs> Come on, Jason. <laughs> can't even, I can't oh, even, I can't. yeah. I mean, I, I would be lying if I told you we weren't already working on a sneaker game. Um, mm. Sneakers is something we intimately love. I mean, it's it's back here on my shelf. 
<laughs> I got sneakers on the show. On the podcast over here to Omari's over Omari's right shoulder. We got we yeah. got uh we, we got some pink sneakers up there. Uh oh, yeah, we got, got some, some multicolored. Pink, oh man, like they, shiny Air Force Ones. These yes. are like some of my favorite <laughs> shoes ever. I think I've only wore them once. They have like these cute gold tip accents and stuff. Yeah. I love shoes, man. And my brother loves <laughs> shoes too. So we're both, we, we can, we're going to try and do it. Um, it's, it's a tricky, it's a harder game to design than mm. I think we thought. Um, the, so not in this the, game. So not, so they won't no. be like a sneakers expansion. <laughs> yeah, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> But that's what I'm talking about with that intimacy. I love that word. I'm probably going to carry that forward. That's awesome. Like, you know, like you design games with intimate connection to your culture. And it doesn't matter that it's black or whatever representation, like this is you and this is the intimate connection that you want to, that you have with yourself and your culture. And you want to share that intimate connection with yeah. the gamer. I think that's probably the best way to put it, taking out all that quote unquote political stuff or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, and the, the, the idea that it's political, like wanting more designers who are different is really just asking for more designers who are intimate, intimately connected with things that we don't have games about right now. Right. That's how you get those games is just bringing in anyone who has different connections to the world. And so, yeah, that doesn't feel political to me because it just means we get more interesting games. Right, different ones. Like I'm tired of farming. <laughs> like there are some people that like, this is, you can look it up the, the you know, when German culture we needed to rebuild, uh, they gravitated towards these building games, these pastoral areas and like yeah. kind of focusing on cities and everything. And that was an intimate connection for them and then they get ported, it gets separated out from that initial connection, it just becomes a game for everybody. And so it sounds like that's what the goal is here. Like, okay, they had their intimate connection with their stuff and they ported it out. Time for more stuff, time for more more different, you know, um, yeah. Elizabeth Hargrave has an intimate connection with birds. Right. And shared them out. <laughs> and now everybody's exactly. playing a bird game. That's <laughs> how we get a magical bird game. <laughs> So that is the point of Board Game Brothers. I, I could not say that anymore, any any better. That was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, sure. That's, I mean, we're, we're ultimately, we like just want to make fun games though. So that's, that's the driving thing behind everything that we do uh, is, is just making games that are good and fun. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to keep the focus on that first because, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a perfectionist and I get in my head and, and when it comes to the analytics and the balance and stuff like that. Um, so, and, and also I think, I think we deserve as a company who is kind of, uh, you know, intimately representing these cultures, like we have to do good. Uh, it's yeah. kind of a, yes. it's kind of a sad sort of like marginalized group concept that like, if you are from a marginalized group and you're putting yourself out there, you have to be twice as good to get half right. as far. And, and you know, that's, that has translated into everything we've done our whole life. And so it, it's same thing happens here. Mm -hmm. I am very hopeful. Um, I've not played uh, rap cards. I'm going to be backing and, and getting both games. Um, so I, I would definitely want to get that, get that down to the table uh, for you guys on shelf stores. I probably have playthroughs of both. 
um, when they ship. I mean, Kickstarter, who knows? <laughs> and in land of COVID, who knows? Uh, but that'll happen at some point. But I think that is, you know, I hope that you guys get further than half as far. I really do. These games look like fun games. These look like games. There's a lot of intentionality, a lot of love going into them. Um, they're, you know, they're not like big, complicated games. In fact, we didn't even really touch on this. Oh. We touched on this um, like tangentially, but like just the idea that like these are theme first games. Uh, and they're yes. trying to create, you know, some kind of experience, uh, you know, trying to get that mechanical underpinning there. You have to have that. But like the, the point is to start with the experience, the headspace of a, of a gamer and then work your way out and build a game around the experience that you want to create. So it sounds like that's what, what's the main design focus of Hoop Gods, which is launching very, very soon. Yeah, it, we we absolutely are theme first. Um, even though I sort of decided to throw dice in the mix for Hoop Gods at the beginning, <laughs> it was still really oriented around the theme. Um, I just wanted at least that one component to be a part of it. Uh, and I, I think it, not only are we theme first, but you kind of said it, we are also um, creating... And I don't necessarily like the term gateway game, but it, mm. it is. I, I think because our games feature very different cultures and invite people from outside of gaming to play, they have to be at least somewhat of a gateway game. Um, and Rap Gods is intimidating to a lot of people just because it's a lot of pieces. Mm -hmm. The gameplay itself is not complicated at all and it's very easy to pick up and play um but it scares people off just because of the number of components and so that's actually one of the more intentional things we did with hoop gods is we we wanted to do away with that piece the part that looks scary to people so we tried to just also shrink that game down in terms of size and the number of components it's probably the same level of complexity as rap gods um but it's less components so we're hoping that'll invite more people to try it out too Kickstarter program. Uh, Kickstarter launches uh, this coming Wednesday. Uh, this man got a lot to do. <laughs> so Just... much to do. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Hopefully that is all done by the time the Kickstarter launches. And if not, well, <laughs> can't change the date. Right. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Omari, this was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for spending the time. Yeah, absolutely. No, I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. And uh, we, I, I will have a link to the Kickstarter page in the show notes. How else can people contact you? Uh, I'm all over the place. So yeah, if you, uh, I post personally, uh, it's my name, Omari Akil on Twitter. Um, the Board Game Brothers, if you're looking for that, we're on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook as BG Brothers, um, B-G-B-R-O-T-H-A-S. And yeah, that's that's the easiest, quickest way. Cool. All right. Good luck, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. If you want to join in our discussion, join us on Discord, where you can join us live through chats or play games with us. You can also support us at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week with another Top 5 list.